0: It is over.
1: Gary Cassidy and you're listening to the Insiders Wrestling Podcast.
2: Hey guys, welcome to the Insiders Podcast and we are here with Gary Cassidy. Gary Cassidy is back for his second interview with us. We are really honored to have him on our show again. Um, I know a lot of you guys loved his first interview. So many of you gave us the feedback and said, hey, bring Gary back. Well, Gary is back. Gary, welcome to our show again, man. Appreciate you coming back. No, thank you again.
1: It's always good when uh, when you get invited back somewhere. It means that the first time didn't go too badly. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that. That's a, that's a nice little ego boost for me. And it's nice to be talking to you guys
2: again. Oh, man. Yeah, great to Absolutely. talk to you as well, man. Great to talk to you. So I got to ask you first off, man, what did you think about uh, Drew McIntyre getting that championship?
1: <laughs> yeah, Um Brilliant. Uh, even though the circumstances weren't quite the way that I'd imagined it happening, when I when I thought that you know it was a possibility, um, maybe at the Royal Rumble and, and even before then, it wasn't quite the circumstances that I thought. But I was thinking before it happened, I'm going, if he does win, I think everyone will forget that, or oh, you know, it, there's no crowd and stuff like that. I was like, Scotland's just going to absolutely explode. Like, people are going to be delighted that he's champion, and that is the way it's gone. Um, the reaction over here has been incredible. Um, I, I'm not sure if I told you guys last time about um, my little story about uh, Drew McIntyre when he returns to Scotland after he'd been released for WWE, and it was, um, it was kind of bringing up the, the Scottish wrestling industry here. It was taking it to a whole new level. But the way it is here, even though they're not running shows in the smallest of places... It's not like massive arenas, so they can still kind of go out afterwards. And at um, WrestleMania 31, I was watching it in a little rock club. And Drew McIntyre was there watching WrestleMania with a load of other wrestling fans in a rock club that maybe had, say, 100 people in it at the most. Maybe, maybe give or take, somewhere between 80 and 120 people. Drew McIntyre was there watching WrestleMania as a fan, just having a little drink after uh, wrestling a match. So just thinking of uh, the difference five years can make that he's he's gone to now being essentially the face of the company, I'm I'm delighted for him. So I, I, yeah, it's amazing. I can't wait to see where we go from here. I was a little bit worried on Raw that, uh, that he might not have the title after the. After oh my one goodness! Of not, I was a little bit worried, but no, no, I'm delighted. So yeah, we'll see where it goes from here.
2: Man, that yeah, they be
0: add- s- they scared the crap out of us. <laughs> Raw man, my <laughs> goodness.
2: And when I, I people are starting they to think they're going to give it to the Big Show. I'm like, oh my yeah. goodness, what a, what a <laughs> well, big disappointment that would be.
1: Man, I was I, I I definitely thought they were going to do it. One just because it's the kind of thing that you know <laughs> you wait so long for something, and they could just yank it from you at that uh, at that first point. But also just because the Big Show is is pretty big news just now. He's a Netflix show and stuff, so I'm going. Yeah. It could happen, uh, and I'm, that that kind of made me appreciate it because you know wrestling just now, like it can get a bit predictable when you've watched it for so long. Not through not through any fault of the people that are putting on the show, but when they find ways to to work you a little bit like that, where I'm like, man, I don't actually know how that this match is going to end. I, I love that. Um, so while I was very worried, I actually did really enjoy it as well. <laughs>
2: Yeah, man, that, no, I, I agree with you. I think there were a lot of people, even in our community that were saying, you know, is he going to drop this title, the big show? So, I mean, there was, there were people that were a little bit nervous about that one. Um, I'm glad that it didn't turn out that way. I mean, that, like you said, that could certainly be a a Vince kind of a thing to do. Uh, He makes some crazy decisions sometimes. So um, yeah. So what did you, I guess, uh, we'll just start here, I guess. So what did you enjoy the most about WrestleMania? Other than, obviously, the the of win. What really stood out for you?
1: We'll pretend that didn't happen because, obviously, that needs to top any list of things I enjoyed coming out of WrestleMania. Um, but I think that the same as a lot of people, for me, the, um, the fact they had to think out of the box and then did so in probably the best way they ever could have with the two, uh, matches that didn't take place in the traditional setting The cinematic matches for me were absolutely incredible uh, I know that there's a lot of argument as to whether one of them was actually a match or not ah, I don't care, I enjoyed it um, All I want from wrestling is for it to make me forget about everything else that's going on for a while It did just that um, I also really loved like the ladder match on the first night I thought with um, John Morrison, Jimmy Uso and Kofi Kingston John Morrison, like, he's, he's not someone that, um, when he was first in WWE, I wasn't really paying that much attention to wrestling. Like, I was still kind of keeping up to date with it, but I wasn't watching that much. So I kind of missed a lot of his first run. But then when I started watching um, Lucha Underground and Impact Wrestling, I was like, man, I really wish I'd seen more of this guy in WWE. I think he proved, uh, on Saturday, just how much of a valuable asset he can be because, man, he was incredible in that match. But I really enjoyed most things. There was only a couple of little things that I'm like, oh, do you know what I could have done without that? But I really enjoyed um, Natalia Live Morgan as well on the pre-show, the, the, the second night. And obviously Cesaro and Gulak, I'm not going to complain at that. It was a bit too short. But yeah, it was enjoyable. Uh, I think pretty much everything was good. Uh, on a, a podcast, that, um, I, do a, I do a little podcast and we went round the table and done um, a rating for the event. And most people on the first night were giving it quite low scores. And I was like, we're only halfway there. And I, I can't remember what I gave it in the first night. I think it was like a three and a half or something. And um, But at the end of it all, um, the two guys that I do the podcast with were like, oh, yeah, it was probably about a three and a half. And I'm going, for me, given the circumstances, I think it was about a four and a half out of five for me because there wasn't much that they'd done wrong. Like uh, I, I think given the circumstances, they put on a pretty incredible show over two days and you're not you're never going to love everything on a show so i'm going to quite happily say that you know the couple of matches i wasn't too invested in ah i can take them anyway because we got an amazing show and that's all that really matters especially given the circumstances so yeah i think overall i, I really enjoyed everything uh, almost everything about it so a load of highlights and i'm definitely going to go back and rewatch it so <laughs> that's as good a recommendation as you can give anything
2: yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Jeff and I did something similar in our show as well. And I think the only match we kind of um, similarly came up with that we were like, eh, was was the Bobby Lashley match, which, I, you know, I mean, that, that match yeah. was kind of doomed to fail anyway because of that whole storyline with Lana and that business there. So, but I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think – you know, you especially like you said, considering the circumstances now with everything going on in the world and everything the way it is, the fact that we got something and we got two nights of content and you know, the the majority of it was great. I, I Jeff, I mean, I know you and I talked about sitting on the edge of our seats during that Undertaker <laughs> match.
0: Yes, yes. The the Boneyard match was absolutely fantastic. And yeah. You know, I, Joe and I talked about, and I, I'd love to get your thoughts, Gary. We talked about how, how well WWE did this to the point that they should do this more, not just, you know, in the current circumstances, but maybe having something like this more. And then I definitely want to talk about the Boneyard match first, but I definitely want to get your thoughts about the Firefly Funhouse match in, in, in a couple minutes after you discuss yeah. the Boneyard match. But
1: definitely. Um, the Boneyard match for me, when it first got announced, I, I wouldn't say I was worried as such because that's maybe the wrong way to put it, but I wasn't too sure about what we were going to get. And it did kind of work out like a really good version of what I, I wanted us to get. Um, I thought it was incredible. I'm not sure in terms of going forward. You know, there's... There's such a thing as getting too much of a good thing. I think if WWE done it maybe every week or every two weeks, I would get very bored of it very quickly. Um, and it might kind of ruin the, what was special about it. But, man, if you were, if Undertaker's going to keep wrestling, if you made every Undertaker match, like a match that was similar to the Boneyard match, I would have no problem with that. Um, I thought it, it was perfect in a few ways. One, it, it disguised a lot of the things that have not been enjoyable about Undertaker matches for the last little while, which, again, I'm, I'm not going to moan about Undertaker not being amazing in the ring at, at his current age. Um, he's given so much to the business that I can't really criticise him in any way, but this match showcased Undertaker perfectly and what he can do and what he does well and what he, he still does well and will always do well, and that is being an amazing character. I thought the filming of the match was perfect. It was just, it was that cinematic feel. The second that it started, I mean, they, they swerved me right from the start anyway. Like the AJ Styles coming out of the coffin, out of the hearse. That, yeah. that got me, you know, like immediately I was like, oh, you've, you've managed to swerve me in a way that I didn't think you'd be able to. And then, you know, The Undertaker riding in um, to Metallica. I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. Um, but the full match, I just thought it was amazing. Um, I, I, as soon as I, Started watching it, I'm going. This is definitely getting Jeremy Borash's name all over it, and yep. lo and behold, it was him that uh, had a huge part in it. And um, there, there were a few other kind of surprising names um, that, that were part of it. But yeah, I knew Jeremy Borash was was a, a big um, a big part of the production. Uh, I loved everything about it. The only worry that I have from it is how do you bring AJ Styles back? <laughs> because yeah,
2: that's very true. Him die.
1: <laughs> I really very hope true. that on Raw. Yeah, my one hope was on Raw. We would, um, we would start cold on Raw back at the Boneyard site and his hand would still be sticking out of the, the dirt and he'd do the two sweep and then get dragged out of the Boneyard uh, or something similar like that. But I'm really excited to see where they go with AJ Styles and Undertaker. And that that's a match that I think will go down in history as one of the, the at least the most unique WrestleMania matches of all time. But I think one of the best Undertaker matches of all time. Um, of course, the, the Undertaker Shawn Michaels matches for me. I don't think anything could ever top that as the best wrestling matches I've ever seen. Um, but this match for me is one that, in terms of rewatching a match, um, both that and the Firefly Funhouse match are matches that I think I will go back and rewatch again and again, and probably never get bored of them. Um, so yeah, give us more of them. Not too many of them because I don't want to get bored of them. So play you know, need to have that little balance, um, not to overexpose this. But man, I love. I absolutely love both of them, and I will go back and watch them again and again.
0: So so let's dive a little deeper into the Firefly Funhouse match. Obviously, that was a very, very unique experience. Uh, <laughs> I saw some of the things you put up on Twitter, but I just want to get your thoughts on that match and, and the psychology of it and and what you took away from it.
1: Yeah, Um I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And that is probably as good a thing as you can say about almost anything on television. Because there's, you know, this kind of thing where television has become, and, and wrestling's very very much the same, it's become the kind of thing that, you know, it's really easy to have television or have, like, wrestling on in the background while you're doing something else on your phone or, or just doing something else, you know, not really paying much attention. It captured me the second uh, John Cena walked out to the ring. Um, partly because I was like, oh, well, I know this match isn't happening in the ring, so what's going to happen here? And then it was just a it was a barrage of just things that you would kind of had no idea what was happening, and then they all added up at the end and, and kind of led you on a, a full story, um, a story spanning John Cena's entire career in the space of whatever it was, 20 minutes, something like that. Um, so, yeah, it had me hooked. I thought it was incredible. There's a lot of people saying, oh, well, it wasn't a match. Um, I couldn't care less what you want to call a match. We've seen, uh, we've seen matches, actual matches, with a lot less physicality in them. So I, I just thought it was amazing. Um, the one thing I'm still left with, I'm not sure if the match actually happened or if it is like, um, if it is John Cena's nightmare, if it's a figment of his imagination, if it happened in Bray Wyatt's head. Um, I don't know if, if the match is actually canon, if we're, if we're saying that it did actually happen and was a WWE match. Or if it was just something that happened and we were privy to whatever was going on on in one of their heads. Um, But I thought it was perfect. Uh, The one thing that I think John Cena has completely addressed the people that say John Cena uh, buries talent and and all this stuff. Because he completely buried himself uh, for that full match. Because the the creative behind it was um, Bruce Pritchard, who is the, the person that's the creative for SmackDown. And Bray Wyatt had put together. Uh, what was going to happen and then they gave their essentially script I guess is the best way to put it, they gave their script over to John Cena and apparently he made a lot of changes and suggested a lot of things that happened that were for the better of the match one of which I believe was the Nikki Bella thing um, which was insane the fact that they even addressed that that straight away I was like what the hell is this, why are you I didn't (laughs) think they would ever I, I thought that was something they would never address in a million years um, the fact they have done that and played off of what you would imagine to be all of John Cena's insecurities, oh, I just thought it was incredible. I, again, like I said about the Boneyard match being one that you would go back and watch a million times. This one, I think you could go back and watch a million times and see something that you didn't see before each time. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Again, I'm not sure how much I want to see those matches going forward. I think it needs to be a delicate balance, but it really excited me, so I, I, I really would happily watch it again and again and yeah like I keep saying that's the that's a sign of anything that's a anything that's a compliment um as if you want to watch something again then it's good (laughs) that's all you can say on it it's it's a good match
2: Yeah, I I I would agree with you. I mean, I I actually we I sat talking to Jeff after the match ended, and there were some parts of it that I didn't I, that didn't really register right off the bat, like the whole NWO thing. And then yeah. until after I after him and I talked, then we're like, he said, "Well, that's him showing John what he could have become if he yeah. swung that chair at him." You know, <laughs> that all that time, And I'm like, "Wow, that's amazing!" Like you you know, it, he could have turned into a, a big heel like Hulk Hogan did. Um, you know, that I was, yeah, it's just so well thought out, like the, the whole thing. And like you said, I did read the thing about Pritchard being involved and, and then Cena being involved. So, I mean, you know, hey, you know, hats off to them because here I am thinking that, you know, this is all on Bray's shoulders and he has to come up with the fact that now Pritchard's getting involved with some of this and, and doing good work like that is is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think the full thing. Um, the, the best way that I've seen it described is it was like um, a loyalty reward for lifelong wrestling fans. Because there was so much in it that kind of took you back to a certain match at a certain point in time. That, it, you know, if, if you watched it and hadn't seen anything about wrestling, you might be a bit confused. I think a lot of us were confused, even though we, we have watched wrestling for a long time. Um, but it was like a loyalty reward because it was just taking you back. And like tying up loose ends, like left, right, and center. So yeah, I thought it was amazing. Yeah.
0: Oh man, yeah. yeah. What, I, and Gary here? Here's another thought. What did you make of them referencing the uh, the John Moxley podcast interview where <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about? Where, <laughs> yes, where you know John Moxley says is such good shit. And, you know, and they reference it. And not only do they reference it, but now they have merchandise.
2: They have a T-shirt now that says.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what did, What did you make of that? Um, I love it. Um, so,
1: yeah, I, I will start off by saying I'm not massive on, the, on, on like, the initial thought of people throwing out, like, shots here and there. Like, I hated the full – I don't know if you remember back it I think it was uh, TakeOver War Games. And WWE had um, the shot of Britt Baker, which it was said to be accidental. Um, But then after that, AEW did the same thing and took a shot and had Britt Baker doing the shot face. I think stuff like that's a wee bit... Just a bit... Not not great. It's just... It it makes me sigh when I see it and I'm like, oh, it's not for me. Things like this, though, when you turn something that's said about you back on the people that have said it, I do really like that. Uh, I, I thought it was genius. The main thing even going back to the Vince McMahon puppets introduction people always think that Vince McMahon's such a sensitive person about what people think about him. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that he allowed that to be on screen I thought was genius but that's before we even got to you know the, the self deprecation that was involved in, in this weekend where when they done that and, and said that line I was like oh I didn't expect that and then of course bringing that the t-shirts I'm going if people are going to make fun of you for something, you might as well make some money out of it.
2: So yeah, I kind sure. of <laughs>
1: appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I, I, if it was me in that situation, I, I know for a fact that I wouldn't have the intelligence to, to do that and bring out some merch that was essentially making fun of myself, uh, and I just I thought it was genius. Uh, but yeah. yeah, Vince McMahon we know is a, a business genius, and so so I guess it should be a surprise at all.
2: <laughs> no kidding, I, and it's funny because Jeff and I are going to talk this coming Monday's show about the Dark Order, and again yeah. that whole thing is—I mean, everybody's now saying it's in the it's in the news where Cody had to come and defend it, saying, "Well, that that's <laughs> not us saying stuff about Vince." So that's not—I mean, come on, it's blatantly a, a parody of Vince. I mean, (laughs) oh my goodness. Like, it's so obvious (laughs) that that's what that is. And I mean, to me, that was kind of a little bit disappointing because I kind of liked the whole idea of the Dark Order being kind of like, almost like a Bray thing, like a supernatural kind of a thing when it first started. And now it's just turned into this like comedy routine about Vince. And I'm like, ah, I, you know, I, so I tend to agree with you there. Like, I, I, I don't like that kind of stuff. Like, I, they don't – to me, they don't need to do that. I mean, Brody no. Lee is a good enough guy that can stand out on his own where he shouldn't have to do that stuff.
1: I really um, – I wanted it to be like – and, again, this is, this is kind of comparing it to another angle, but I wanted it to be like the ministry, um, the ministry of yeah. darkness back in NWE. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought that would have been the way to go. And, I did, like, I, I said the same thing maybe a good few weeks ago about AEW and I'm like oh there's too many like cult stories and stuff like that and it's a wee bit too much of the darkness now I'm (laughs) now I'm regretting saying that because I really wanted them to do something that was incredibly dark with the Dark Order stuff I I loved what they'd done with the the Join the Dark Order kind of um, recruitment videos and stuff like that but I I really wish they'd have kept Brody Lee as a really mysterious let him talk because he's a good talker but keep him as a mysterious kind of Dark alternative character, and yeah, I, I'm not a fan. Like, I hate the I hate how blatant the, the shots are with like the sneezing and the having to finish his steak first and stuff like that. It's just, yeah. Uh, those, yeah, those shots are boring. Yeah, I didn't mind the I quite liked the shot that he took that was the um to Christopher Daniels, you're not the first old man that's not believed in me. And I, I like that yeah. line, Um, but yeah, everything that everything after that seems like they have kind of overstepped the boundary. I, Letting WWE get in their head, uh, I think, is probably the way I'd put it. I think, like, the odd little comment is fine, but it's now getting to the point where I think, and people might like the angle, so I I don't speak for everybody here, but I think the the product is suffering because they're trying to get in these shots at Vince McMahon, and, you know, never let your, your own product should come first. I think they could have done a lot better with that angle. I'll keep watching it, um, but I, I really think they could have done better with that angle, and I kind of hope they're more towards the dark stuff going
0: forward.
2: Yeah, I agree, and Jeff, I know you said the same thing. I, I, you know, you mentioned that too. It's just it's, it's just too much.
0: Yeah, they, they don't need to do it. I mean, at this point they have a good stable of talent there. Uh, they have a good mixture of people, of veterans that have been doing it for a while, and then newer names and faces that we don't know as well so they have a good mixture of talent there's no need to keep referencing the wwe because right now and i I think i said this in an earlier podcast that we did but it looks like they're the little brother trying to get the attention of the big brother and it, it just doesn't it doesn't bode well for them because Right now, I mean, where where they are, they're kind of playing their hand into it because you're going up against in all intents and purposes WWE's third third best brand at this point. And you know, you I'm not going to look at the ratings like other people on Twitter and media people that I'm not going to name because don't even get me started on those two um, yep. talking about the freaking talking about the freaking demographics. Don't even get me started. Um, and I hope they hear it too. Um, but um, you know, that that's where you are right now. So how about be different? Be you. You talk all this crap about why you left WWE and every single guy that's over there now, that was in WWE talked about bad creative and this and that. Well, now's your opportunity. You have a company that's not affiliated with WWE. Show us what good good creative looks like. Don't just give us a bunch of recycled crap and talking about WWE and expect people not to be able to tie the two. I mean, we're not dumb, we're intelligent fans. So give us something that looks a little bit different than you just always taking shots at WWE. I'm gonna get off my soapbox now. I, I don't wanna <laughs> offend any I don't wanna offend any AEW fans because I like AEW as well. I really do enjoy it, but I want to see them get away from always referencing the WWE and always kind of taking those shots at them because it just makes them look like they're inferior and they're not, they can, they're, they have great talent. Let's just see some more creative stuff.
2: Yeah, man. Absolutely. I agree with you. I agree. Um, Sorry.
0: sorry, I didn't mean to get on my soapbox.
2: No, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) good, (laughs) Oh man. So, uh, Gary, what did you think of now? Obviously, we went to SmackDown last night. I'm not going to – I can't really talk much about Raw because, to me, Raw just didn't have a whole heck of a lot to talk about. But, obviously, now we saw – and this kind of shocked us too – was the end of SmackDown with the whole thing now, what looks like they're going forward with a Bray versus Braun angle, which I don't know, man. When I first saw that, I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. Are they really going to make Braun drop the title back to Bray after they took it off him like two months ago and gave it to Goldberg? Like, it doesn't make sense. Now, Jeff brought up something that he heard. I don't know if you heard this at all, too, and you can let us know about Roman maybe kind of falling out of favor a bit with them now. And, and so are they changing this all up? Like, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on, on Bray and Braun now?
1: Uh, I am very torn, uh, let's just say that. Um, the one thing I'll say on the Roman Reigns one, I do think they're preparing for life without Roman Reigns over the next few weeks if he's going to have to stay at home. Uh, obviously, there's, you, you can't really hold off on storylines that involve, especially the WWE Championship and Universal Championships. Um, we already have kind of seen that enough with, you know, I hate saying part-time champions, but with, with, if the champion is someone that holds the belt on TV, you kind of need them to have some kind of storyline. Otherwise, you're not going to go anywhere. Um, so I get that they, they have to have something. Uh, and if Roman Reigns is staying at home, then you can't hold off on having, to, having any kind of challenge. Or You need someone. I will say SmackDown's got I'll, I'll kind of not a lot of faces. What I actually thought was going to happen last night because of the, the stuff that was being said during a, a previous match, I thought we were gearing up for a Cesaro Braun Strowman segment. Um, and, and maybe them to be on a program going forward. Again, I don't know if I'd have loved or hated that. I, I love Sheamus. I'm a big fan of Sheamus. Um, but he keeps, in interviews I've done with him, he keeps saying he wants the Intercontinental Championship. So I was like, oh, I, I'm not sure if I want him in the WWE Championship picture if he personally hasn't invested in it. Um, so when, but when they done that match at the end, you know, the, it was weird anyway having him against Nakamura. I thought, uh, I didn't dislike that, but it was weird having that match. But then when they had uh, Bray Wyatt show up at the end, I I, I love seeing Bray Wyatt on TV. Uh, This was the first time that I went, oh, no. Uh, Well, it's not obviously the Goldberg match was the first time I've done that. Uh, But this was the first time that he's appeared on TV, and I've not been excited. Uh, And the Pro Bowl he gave afterwards was great. So I, I, I feel like it is going to be an amazing program. And I would have really wanted to see Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman I just don't want the championship involved. Uh, So I feel like it is like a kind of having your cake and eating it kind of thing where I feel like I'm dictating the product whereas I shouldn't be. But yeah, I'm a bit annoyed that the championship's involved because now if he does go after Braun Strowman, I know there is a story between those two, but if he's going after him saying he wants the championship back, it defeats the full thing that was said before as to why he lost to Goldberg because he doesn't need the championship. So
0: <laughs> yeah. I know
1: that lo- I know. That hindsight is a wonderful thing, but if he wins the championship back, in the back of my mind, it's always going to be well, why did they lose to Goldberg? Because you could have just had him versus Braun as the story to begin with. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I really am, I'm excited for the storyline, but I, I'm worried about them booking themselves into a corner because I don't want Braun to drop the title so quickly. He's waited a long time for it. No matter what your personal feelings are on the guy. I think he is a good person to have holding the title. I've said for a long time that um, on the, the, the live shows I've been to, Braun Strowman has normally been the most over person with the younger fans. Um, apart from it, obviously, you get like Roman Reigns and stuff, get massive cheers. But Braun Strowman's normally the guy that does quite good at amping up the fans. He's great at the media stuff. Uh, he's, he's a really good talker. He looks a star. He's like, he's, I think he's as close as WWE are going to get to Hulk Hogan nowadays in terms of being like, A massive guy who's a massive star who can get the crowd on board just by doing some some little gestures and some kind of simplistic moves. So I'd I'd want them to hold the title. But again, if I'm saying that, we can't have Bray Wyatt lose.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I feel like, yeah,
1: they're they're booking themselves into a corner a wee bit for me, but I'm not going to sit here and book them into a corner for them. Uh, I'll just say that I'm not sure where we go from here. I guess that'll keep me watching. But I'm slightly worried.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so hopefully, I,
1: hopefully I'm not worried for you.
2: <laughs> I agree with you there. I I was thinking about it because we again we spoke about this last night too, and I was thinking about it myself. You're right. I mean, if you take that away from Braun, you make Braun look really bad. You make him look like a paper champion where he's going to carry it for one pay per view. If you have Fiend lose again, which I don't really think they can do at this point either, because if he loses again and 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 drops that, so you almost kind of think. The only way they can get out of this is if something really screwy happens. So if they – you know, if somebody interferes in their match, like, I don't know, people are theorizing saying that maybe Cena sticks around and maybe Cena comes back now as the heel and he comes back and costs Braun – the match somehow and and he's the one who ends up costing him the match and then he drops the belt to fiend and then they go into a cena versus braun program and have Cena be the heel in that i, I don't know i i agree with you i there's not many ways they can come out of this with 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 really really good results
1: no yeah that's that's my main worry i actually kind of for the first time in a long time, I do think the screwy finish is the way to go. Uh, I don't yeah. want anyone to lose in this uh, in this feud, so yeah. Hopefully, they think of something. <laughs>
2: hopefully, they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, man. That's it's. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it really. I mean, the two of them should work really well together because I know the two of them are best friends. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think bronze the godfather to Bray's child. So, he is. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. 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 So they're yeah. As close as you can get without being related. <laughs>
2: yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, so, Gary, you know, we've got this Fiend and Braun Strowman storyline, but what are some other things that you're looking forward to coming out of WrestleMania and going forward now that we know we're going to get some, I guess, some newly taped shows or live shows? What storylines are you looking forward to going forward?
1: Um, the main thing, and this actually, it was Raw that turned my head on this, is I'm really looking forward to seeing – how well they book Alistair Black going forward because when Alistair Black came out on Raw I was like oh, not another enhancement match and then when when Apollo Crews came out it's bad to say but I was like oh it's just going to be another quick win for Alistair Black and I've seen that enough it was the, the same with the Viking Raiders I've seen it enough when someone is at that level you don't need to right. keep having enhancement matches and um, but he had a really good match with Apollo Crews um, I think Mm -hmm. it actually done the exact same for Alistair Black as it done for Apollo Crews, and it showcased him as what he is, which is a really good talent, a really talented guy. Um, I think that Alistair Black is going to, maybe not next year, but I'll I'll stick my head out and say that maybe next year he could headline WrestleMania, Uh, and I think that you know they've done well in, in slowly building him up. He's not undefeated anymore, but The match that he lost, they lost because he was competing against three people. So they've done a really good job of building him up, not making him look indestructible, but making him look really strong and really good. But they've still managed to keep him quite mysterious. There's still stuff I want to know about him, um, but we know enough about him to get behind him. So I'm really excited to see what they do with him. I'd like to see them maybe have him win the Royal Rumble or something like that. Again, switching brands, I don't want and McIntyre to lose the title. <laughs> so so keep, keep those two apart. Um, but no, I'd really like to see what they do with Alistair Black. There's a few other people that I'm just excited to see more of. Um, I think Liv Morgan. I said it last week that she, for me, is the most improved talent in WWE this year. Um, I think she's done what the, the people I would go back to is Lacey Evans and um, Carmella, Alexa Bliss, and even like Baron Corbin. Every week that I've seen them, kind of, I've been like, oh, when did they get, get that good? And at some point, it has to be on me for not recognizing that they are really good. Uh, it kind of just me going, oh, that they had a good match. That's surprising. Liv Morden's one of those people. Um, the match she had with Asuka on Raw was great. Uh, and again, Asuka's somebody that I think WWE have invested a lot of time into. Uh, people were complaining when she lost to Charlotte. I thought it was the right time. And I now think we've actually, like, she fell out. For a wee bit, fell out of the the fell down the pecking order, but I think we've got the most exciting Asuka we've ever had in WWE now, where she can be entertaining and put on great matches, and she's not at the burden of being undefeated. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with her. Uh, the reason I mention her is because I think she might be the Money in the Bank winner. Um, again, mm. there's, there's so much that, that's If Money in the Bank happens, we already know that the, the venue is cancelled on them. Um, but I think it'll be in the Performance Center or postponed. But The money in the bank thing is like, that's always my favorite storyline in WWE just because how unpredictable uh, it can be. You know, you can just have somebody run out of the middle of nowhere and change the full shape of the programming. So that's the thing I'm really excited for. Uh, And again, Asuka, I wouldn't mind Liv Morgan holding it. Um, I wouldn't mind, you know, Sasha Banks and Bailey. I think the story's there. You don't really need that. But again, it would probably be a nice catalyst for that. Uh, I I don't even know who I'd want to win on the, the guy's side of it. Maybe someone like Kevin Owens. Um, but I'm really excited for that, and I think, I think they've done well at building up a lot of stars. Um, I always complain, or I used to always complain, about WWE doing 50 50 booking, and you know, someone would win a match here and then they'd have to lose so the other person could get the momentum back. But then that kills the other person's momentum anyway. Um, but I think they've actually done a good job in building people like Alistair Black, even Liv Morgan, despite our, our losing to Asuka. There's no shame in that, uh, and they've built Asuka really well. So, those three, I'm really excited to see what they do. And the one thing, I think I mentioned this last time, I really hope, and it's looking promising after last night, but I really hope we're going to see more of the women's tag team championships because I forgot they were a thing until WrestleMania. Yeah, <laughs> and now yeah. we're seeing them a bit more, so, so hopefully they'll do more with that.
2: <laughs> do you think that Edge might have a shot with the ladder match? Do you think they might give him the, uh, the briefcase to have?
1: That's a uh, that's something I didn't even contemplate until you've just said it, and now I think that is what I want. <laughs>
2: there you <are>. go. <laughs> yeah.
1: So the the real thing was um, I had this full theory that I thought Edge was going to lose at WrestleMania, um, and I, I, I'm not sure if it. I mean, the wrong decision because I I think the storyline did need Randy Orton to be the guy that you know takes the fall because of and being the way he's been to Edge over the past six months. Uh, so I think they had to have Edge win. But my full theory was Edge is only um, contracted for five matches per year. For the, he's got a three-year contract. There's five matches per year, 25 appearances. But 25 appearances is quite a lot. So have him hold the money in the bank briefcase and don't actually have him compete in any matches. Just have him hover about the title picture and yeah, I, yeah, give it the edge. Okay, you've got this
2: sold there. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that it's, uh, it's very interesting. Um, and you're right. The money in the bank thing always brings out more. What's like more like nervous anxiety, pretty much, because you never know when that person's going to do that. It used to be, it, it, it didn't used to be that way. When they had that first going, it, you always kind of knew. That, yeah, that's not going to happen. They're not going to cash that in now. They're going to wait until some huge event. But that isn't always the case anymore.
1: No, no. I think um, a couple of things changed that. I think Seth Rollins changed it um, when they held off for the best part of a year and done it at Mania. And I think, uh, sadly, things like Baron Corbin um, not not winning the title from his. And then the, the Dean Ambrose one when the Shield all held the championship in the space of one night. And even the Carmella one, the Carmella one where she held it for way past WrestleMania and then cashed in the night after, uh, sorry, well, the, the show after WrestleMania, the SmackDown after WrestleMania um, on, on Charlotte who had just beaten Asuka, <laughs> which I, I personally like that. But yeah, I think they've made it really unpredictable. And even when the music hits now, I'm not like, well, that person's going to win the title because it could fly either way. So I, I, yeah, I, I really can't wait for Money in the Bank. I think that is like my favourite. People always say, you know, Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble is definitely going to be the most exciting show every year. And I think WrestleMania is a close second. For me, Money in the Bank is probably third on that list. I think Money in the Bank is more exciting than SummerSlam and Survivor Series, personally, just because it it can change everything. So I'm really excited for Money in the Bank.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah.
0: What did you think of uh, Bianca Belair moving up to Raw? So... I do like it, Um,
1: and and I think she's incredibly talented. Uh, The the angle on Raw, I absolutely hated. (laughs) I need to be honest about that. It was nice seeing her at WrestleMania and not getting that WrestleMania moment, Um, but I think if they were going to do what they did on Raw, they could have just not had that happen uh, and just had her on on the Raw. Um, But it was just – it was really overly complicated when they had, you know, For a start, when they had Street Profits versus Garza and Austin Theory on Raw, and Delina Vega was standing there in a ring gear, and because of what had happened the previous night, you kind of knew that we were getting Bianca Belair coming out in some form anyway. Um, And then, you know, they had the disqualification, and then rather than just going to a six-person tag, they had Vega versus Belair, which was good because it showcased Belair. You know, people might not be aware of how good she is unless they've watched the Royal Rumble or NXT um, so it was good at showcasing her. But then they had, you know, that that full match and then that got weirdly disqualified because they had a brawl that was happening in the ring beside them. And, and then they went to the six-person tag match. The one thing that I didn't like was it's pre-recorded. They could have fixed this. They had Bianca Belair cut a promo to Zelina Vega. But because of the way they done it, her back was to Zelina Vega because she had to cut the promo to the hard cam. And yeah. they didn't edit it to make it look like she was talking to Zelina Vega. So I feel like they kind of they hindered her a little bit there. But saying that, the promo was incredible. She's brilliant in the ring. And I think, you know, the thing that everybody's looking for in wrestling now, and we do get it quite a lot, uh, but the thing everybody's looking for is somebody that is unlike anyone else. Someone that is very unique. And that is, I go back to Alistair Black. He, he's definitely unique. Drew McIntyre, I would say, is very unique. Bianca Belair definitely falls into that category. Um, The hair whip stuff is, you know, no one does it, as far as I know. No one else does it. Um, She's great on the mic, and teaming her up with the Street Profits, you know, obviously she's married to Montez Ford in real life anyway, but I think teaming her up with them is a good little balance, Uh, and I I would like to see her do well. I'd like to see her in the championship kind of picture for a while, she could even be a shout for Money in the Bank. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see her. I think that the Raw segment kind of made it a bit less exciting for me just because there was a few things I criticise about it. Um, but, no, I'm excited to see her. And out of, you know, the, the people that have seemingly come up for NXT, I shouldn't say that, gone across, I guess, now, because as seen as the third brand. But out of all the people, she is the one that I'm most excited to see more of. And there's so many matches we've not seen that are available to her now on the main roster, like you know Becky Lynch and Asuka. I'd love to see her versus Asuka. Uh, anyone? Yes. I, I I'm I'm really excited to see her. So Hopefully we'll see more of her, and hopefully we'll see more of her and the Street Profits because I really like that that pairing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think she gives them a good balance too because it's not just. I know some people have gotten. I don't want to say bored, but you know yeah. it, they feel like they feel like Montez comes out and does the same thing every week. Yeah. Um, which, listen, I I love it. I I, I think he's <laughs> hilarious. I think he's very funny, and I think him and Dawkins really play well off of each other. But I think this gives them a nice balance as well. Uh, I would like to see her in the title picture. I'd like to see her and Shayna go at it again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and set up something with Becky down the road. Um, but, yeah, I, I want to see more of her because she, I mean, she is, she's unlike anything we've seen from a strength perspective, from, you yeah, know, yeah. Mike's skills. Yeah, 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 and yeah. her character is just so completely different than anything we've seen before. So I'm really, really excited to see what they do with her. Yeah,
1: I completely agree on that. I didn't even mention her strength or how she is in the ring. But, yeah, completely agree with that. I think she is. A ready-made superstar. I think she already is a superstar, but yeah, she's ready-made yeah. to be like a one of the top names in WWE for me. Yeah.
2: So who do you think we got? I, I have to get your opinion on this. We didn't talk about it the last time. We got more of a of a we got more of a clue as to who do, who do you think this glitch person is on SmackDown? <laughs> who do, who's the who's the person in the no. hood? I now think they're completely
1: playing us, but I I think the obvious option is Ali. Uh, and yeah. I said that for, you know the first time it came up, you know the envelope came up and I didn't know, but the the second the very second image was identical to Ali's hand when he does yeah. the, the showing the light um, thing. So I think it would it needs to be a swerve for it not to be him. And I wouldn't mind if it is a swerve. I actually really thought that we were going to get the culmination of it at WrestleMania. But I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad they'd done the thing that they'd done on SmackDown before WrestleMania and had, you know, actually showed us the hacker. While, while keeping their identity, I missed they showed us the hacker and showed us that room. I thought that, that really made me sit up and take notice. And um, there was the thing a couple of months ago that, you know, the WWE account got, in inverted quotes, hacked, yep.
2: and it said, the truth will be held.
1: And a lot of people thought that, you know, that, that it was a legitimate hacking in my, including myself I, I didn't I, they, they got me on that one I thought when I seen the image I was like oh man somebody actually has hacked the WWE account um, so yeah that, that's anything that can still work people like me that you know have watched wrestling for years is always appreciated so when they've done that I was like yep that is great and then they're now continuing it with social media and they've got like you know Sonia Deville's account getting hacked and stuff like that I think that's brilliant if you can use social media you might as well use it because you know it's it's an amazing way to get a storyline out there uh, and get people seeing it, which is the same with the twenty four seven championship. Back when that started, they've done a, a really good job of using social media, and I think this is this is the way to do it as well. Having a, a hacker storyline is an amazing way to do it. I don't know who it could be apart from Ali. That's um, you know that people will say I've seen a few people say Robert Rude would be good because he was teamed up with Sigler. I don't mm. think I like that, um, I don't think I like that idea because, I don't know, I, I like Robert whole glorious thing, I feel like we didn't really see enough of that on the main roster, um, so I'm not sure, but I think it's got to be Ali, but I would like to be surprised, if they don't make it Ali I don't really mind, but if they make it Ali then it might be a good way to kind of showcase him more of a character, I feel like he's such a character off of, off of t- television and out of the ring that we need to know more about him on television, so I would like them to use this for, you know, he's the 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 kind of hidden hero, like the the person that's making people, you know, see justice and stuff like yeah. that. I do quite like that. I hope they I hope they do that with him. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if I missed it. did they do anything with that last night?
2: Oh, no, they didn't actually. There was no. There was, no, there wasn't anything yesterday. Uh, there's so many goofy things flying around. I've heard everything from CM Punk. <laughs> to, to uh no wait oh, oh man who else I've I've heard some some women wrestlers mention in there Oh man, I, I yeah, there's so many things flying around. So many, <laughs> so, so many people want CM Punk back, and it's just I, <laughs> I, I, I hate to tell them, but I, I really don't think it's gonna happen. It's not happening,
1: no, I, I would agree with you guys. I, I don't think it's happening it, if it is, it definitely isn't happening from hacking Dolph Ziggler and Otis's uh, storyline. <laughs> that's that's no. definitely not the way it's no, happening. With no, way. <laughs> no
0: way. What, so, Gary, do you what would you think if it was uh Johnny Gargano?
1: Ah, Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Um, yeah, I guess so. That wouldn't be bad. Uh, anyone from NXT, I think, would be good, just because it would be, you know, a, a character we maybe haven't seen on SmackDown. I, I quite like that idea, actually, Johnny Gargano. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think they've went too deep with Ali stuff. Yeah. That The only way they could make it a swerve now would be if they had someone pretending to be Ali hacking people to start a rivalry with Ali, mm. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, a, it's a bit of a strange one. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have seen jo- Johnny Gargano on Raw or SmackDown because it would open up a huge potential of matches that we've not seen before. So, yeah, uh, bring, bring up anyone for NXT. That, that's, that excites me <laughs> most definitely. Yeah.
0: So, I, so I've so i got to ask you another question about some news we've gotten in the past couple of days. Uh, was it a work or was it a shoot? Uh, what we got from Ronda Rousey,
2: <laughs>
0: so
1: I think it was a shoot that's gonna become a work. Um, I know that's a kind of a bit of a cop out, but I do think she was being honest, uh, because mm-hmm. you know the, the fans did turn on her quite a bit, and she should have been the massive star. And I, 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 I. I would say she was a massive star. She brought a lot of mainstream eyes to WrestleMania to WWE, sorry. I don't think the women would have headlined WrestleMania as quickly without Ronda Rousey being the catalyst for that. And the reason that, you know, it was such mainstream news. So I do think she probably does have a and maybe quite rightly does have a sense of entitlement that, you know, the fans should have been behind her and the fans should have maybe cheered her a bit more. And she did she was good. Like I, I thought she she took to wrestling really quickly. So it's not as if she came in and was absolutely horrible at it and was terrible on screen and not exciting. I think, you know, she might she might have a perfectly valid argument at saying, you know, the fans were unfair on me. But I do think that it is going to lead to, if she does come back, then I think it is going to lead to her being like that in the ring and in WWE where she does have a, a bit of a, you know, a a chip on her shoulder. She's disgruntled towards the fans. But I I would be inclined to say she was being honest. (laughs) If I had to guess, I would say she was being honest. She probably (laughs) knew what she was doing. Uh, She probably knew that by saying that, people would pick up on it. Um, But yeah, I I would like to think she was being honest (laughs) as well. I I quite like that idea that, you know, the fans aren't untouchable um, because... I've been saying it for a while that the the best thing about these empty arena shows is that we don't hear CM Punk chants every two seconds and we don't hear boring chants every two seconds. People can cut promos without getting what shouted at them. So I think it is quite good that someone's holding fans to account because, you know, we've not seen that. People normally are pandering towards that kind of thing when they're on on screen. So I quite like it. Um, Yeah, a lot of people aren't a fan of it. And uh, when I put up the quote, Oh man, I woke up today and people were having full-blown arguments with each other, and my Twitter mentions about it. So it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely making the news. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like it, um, and anything that makes wrestling feel a little bit real is always going to be welcome in my eyes as well. I think anything that that drags wrestling into that territory where you wonder whether it's whether it's a work or whether it's a shoot, that is great. So I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted with us. It caught me off guard when I when I saw an interview. So, man, yeah, I'm sold on it. I don't care if it's a work or a shoot, as long as WWE capitalize on it. Bring her back in, make her a massive heel, and then hopefully right. we can get that Becky Lynch-Ronda Rousey match uh, down the line that we, we kind of didn't get the singles version of. Hopefully that's what it leads to. Right.
2: Absolutely, I agree, 100%. And they were directing her character that way anyway at the end of her yeah. run. She, yeah. She was that's starting to makes you- me
1: think it's – more yep. of a work because that's what she was kinda starting to do, but oh I don't mind.
2: <laughs> no Happy with man. It. I, you. I agree. I agree with you, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, again, Gary, we have had you for almost an hour here, so I don't want to take up all your holiday weekend here because Jeff and I could talk to you forever. Um, again, for the guys who are just listening to you for the first time, shout out where they can find you on, uh, on social media and, uh, and how they can get in touch with you.
1: Firstly, thank you, guys. Again, I'm, I'm always the kind of person that if someone starts talking to me about wrestling, you're probably going to have to tell me to shut up before, no, uh, man. <laughs> before could, oh,
2: Me and Jeff are the same way. Like I said, <laughs> we could talk to you for a, We probably would have still been talking to Nikita Koloff until right before we got on with you, and then we could go another four hours. So
1: <laughs> Most definitely. No, I definitely appreciate you guys having me back on. Um, give me a shout when this is out, and uh, hopefully I can join the YouTube uh, chat again as well. Interact Absolutely. with a lot of people, because I, I had a blast doing that last time. But, yeah, yeah if anyone has any questions, um, obviously the, the last episode we kind of spoke more about journalism and uh, I welcomed anyone that is interested in, in you know, doing anything, essentially anything to do with wrestling, give me a shout, uh, I'm quite happy to lend any advice I possibly can, it might be useful, it might not, but if it's not useful, then who cares, you've only wasted a, a couple of minutes sending me a message anyway <laughs> so it's not a big, idea, not a big deal um, but yeah, if you've got any questions, find me on Twitter, um, which is probably where I am the most it's just uh, Gary Cassidy, but my handle is Conscious Gary, and that's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-G-A-R-Y. Hopefully, if you type in Gary Cassidy, I'll come up anyway. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'm normally on there, happy to answer any question. Um, feel free to DM me. My DMs are open as well. And if you want to see my interviews, most of them are probably on there, getting retweeted on the daily by me, so people do see them. Um, but if not, go to uh, Sportskeeda.com, and just type in Gary Cassidy, and again, I'm, I'm on there, um, just pretty much posting articles. But hopefully, uh, it won't come to that, because hopefully I'll be in the YouTube chat, chatting to everyone, and then we can, uh, we can all interact that way anyway. But yeah, I'm always available to answer any questions, so anyone that's got any, just give me a shout.
2: That's awesome, man. Yeah, we'd love to have you back in the channel for the premiere. Absolutely, uh, everybody in the community loved it. Um, I know you inspired some people in the community. Um, I know, I think it was Jake uh, wants to be a yeah. uh, wants to be yeah. a, a journalist. I know he started his own uh, blog, basically. Uh, so yeah, um, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, we would absolutely love to have you in there and. Listen, um, anytime you want to come back, sir, we are more than happy to have you on, man, uh, because we love talking wrestling with you. I know Jeff does as well.
0: Yes.
1: Most definitely. Just make sure you clear um, four or five hours out of the schedule so we can,
0: <laughs> so we can keep talking.
1: But, yeah, no, um, feel, yeah, feel free to just give me a shout. Whenever you want me back, I'm more than happy to come on and have a wee chat about wrestling because it's always welcome. <laughs> so oh, man. always great talking about wrestling.
2: Oh, you got it. Definitely, man, definitely. Really, really appreciate you coming on. And, yeah, we will definitely take you up on that offer, man. Thanks again for being with us. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, sounds great.
1: Have a great day, a great weekend, and take care.
2: You too, man. Have a great holiday weekend, buddy. You too. Cheers, guys.